Hello, and welcome to today's episode of In Fellowship, the podcast where we explore community building through a chapter-by-chapter read of Lord of the Rings. My name is Anna. And my name is Ellen. And in today's episode, we are discussing all of book three of The Two Towers and wrapping up season three of the pod. Season three. Season three, seasons may change, winter two, three. Wow. I'm about to launch into a full medley. There's Carol King on the roster next, so buckle up. <laughs> I am thrilled, as we know. I am a huge Carol King fan, so of course. let's get it done. Yeah, it runs in the family. We talk about this every wrap-up episode. Mm-hmm. We're going to recap it in case this is your first wrap-up episode. Thanks so much for joining us. These are the episodes where we go way off track and talk about many things, some of which are Lord of the Rings, and often are also just pontificating about how we decided on a whim to start a podcast, (laughs) and now we're three seasons in, and y'all are still listening, and we're so thrilled by that. But also, who would have thunk we would have ended up here? I think these are my favorite episodes because we get a chance to dive in and talk a little bit further and follow a twist and turny path down the the roads of our Lord of the Rings minds. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a joy. It's a joy. It's a joy. Honor. It's sometimes a little bit of word association and just <laughs> shared memories from our collective childhood. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good yeah. time. Well, with that. Should we jump into our first segment of our wrap-up episode? Let's shall. So usually what we do first is a speed wrap-up of the book, and that's to sum up what happened in 10 words or less, which is a big feat if you think about how dense these books, and so action-packed, especially book three was. Mm -hmm. Ellen, would you like to regale us with your recap? Yes, and I hope that Tolkien is not rolling over in his grave. A man of not few words, as we try our best to sum up his life's work in ten words. Mm -hmm. So, book three. Everyone goes to battle, then goes to war. Boo, Sauron. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think that's accurate. Mm -hmm. Yes. That it represents the narrative tone mm-hmm. of book three. Mm-hmm. Mostly we spent that last. a lot of time in battles or preparing for battles. Talking about recapping battles, mm-hmm. planning for the next battles. Battle-heavy season, really. That's right. The action picks up and Saruman sucks. Correct. Would you like to take us through yours? Yes. And now I'm I'm thinking just to make sure that it is ten words or less. Give it a quick count. (laughs) Yeah, on my fingers. Here we go. Gandalf returns. Two battles, one with Ents. Pippin causes trouble. He does cause trouble. Right? I do think that his trouble is worthy enough to be noted in your recap. Because it's a key part of how this whole book ends and sets into motion what's going to happen when we rejoin this particular cast of characters later on. I agree. I will say I think yours does a better job of representing overall what happens in the book. And mine was pretty specific to like the start 
middle and end <laughs> as briefly as a person can represent two full battles but i also of course love the ents yeah they needed a shout out i really wanted to make sure they got a mention well it's okay because at the wrap-up of season four we'll only need four words and it will be frodo and sam walked (laughs) (laughs) which is so true yes smeagol (laughs) is the worst smeagol's still there (laughs) right spoiler alert also yeah a little Spoiler alert for something that was written mm-hmm. many, many, many years ago. ago. Yeah, what's mm-hmm. the the deadline on spoiler alerts? Oh, um, <laughs> like how many years can something be out before you can't reasonably expect to have been spoiled? I mean, I feel like if you're in my corner of the internet at all, that the amount of Lord of the Rings memes from the mm-hmm. movies will have spoiled anything that we could possibly say, right? Unless it just wasn't in the movie, so. I have a hard time thinking that we're really spoiling anything, especially Mm -hmm. if we're just insinuating that people are walking. I feel like that's the whole, I mean, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. Yeah. So if you're, if you're a Lord of the Rings first time reader, I feel like you just kind of come in knowing a little bit about what you're getting into. It's hard for me to conceptualize that someone would have absolutely no knowledge at all of the books. Let's go to our next segment then, which is Rapid Fire Fellowship Building. Right. This is a community building podcast. We are here not only to talk about Lord of the Rings, but to see what the text can show us about building lasting relationships and forging communities. And so from the characters we have met so far, we will choose different roles for our hypothetical communities. And so Anna, I will... Mm -hmm ask you the question you will answer and then i will answer and feel free to give your reasons Mm -hmm. so from whom we have met thus far who would you choose as a co-worker and why gimli gimli (laughs) i just feel like gimli would be a chill co-worker like he's a good morale booster but he's also willing to put in the legwork to get things done he kind of buys into that team aspect. Mm-hmm. So, um, as always, I am a Gimli fan first and foremost, and I think he would make a fab coworker. I would also choose Gimli. He was top of my list. He's got that hard work plus fun element that I think mm-hmm. would make him a joy to work with. Also, I can be a little bit grouchy in the morning, and I think Gimli's gruff manner would would suit me on days that i felt a little less chatty (laughs) i like that okay next up and you can't choose gimli now for any of the rest of these right who would you choose as your neighborhood bartender and why i have to go with aragorn Mm. because i feel like he has a brooding silence about him (laughs) that really behooves a bartender who often receives many secrets yes but also like would be um, responsive and nimble in managing like the bartending profession and the the bar space making sure that things don't get too out of hand should he need to quell a fight or something Mm -hmm. oh yeah he would he would kick people out if they needed to be kicked out right he is both bartender and bouncer yes (laughs) (laughs) i would choose sam yamji because i think he's got that hospitality spirit 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he would be he would be friendly to chat to or just to listen to. He's a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. I think all of those are excellent neighborhood bartender qualities. For sure. Okay, next up, and I need to go visit mine, so I am thinking about this. Who would you choose as your hairstylist? Hmm. It will definitely not Grima Worm Tongue. <laughs> grease, grease, and more pomade. That would be what he would give to you. Right. And also, like, would just whisper, like, horrible things in yes. your ear as you're sitting in the chair. So, mm-hmm. like, absolutely not him. For sure, yeah. I'm glad we can cross him off of our community list. Just, like, came really clear in my mind that that is not a vibe I'm looking for. Maybe, um... Oh, Aylmer. Mmm! Of Rohan. I feel like, one, they have horses. Right. So I feel like they're doing amazing things with manes all the time. My hair will be both lush and soft and Mm well-brushed, and I will look fancy. And also, I feel like has that same hype man vibe to him yeah where, like if you're telling him a story and he you need some advice he's like gonna give it to you and he's gonna really like mean it and be a good listener so i feel like aomer is who i'm looking for yeah i love that i would choose on a similar vein eowyn mm-hmm. where she is in her journey right now she is not super talkative which i value in a hairstylist Mm-hmm. And I also think my favorite part of the haircut is the scalp massage. And I think mm-hmm. she's got a lot of aggression and strong hands <laughs> and would take some of her pent up energy and would give a really good shampoo, scalp massage, wash. Mm-hmm. And she has good hair. So she, I mean, like if she's, if she can take care of her own, she can take care of mine. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a, I think that's a strong representation for the Rohirrim. Yes. <laughs> As hairstylists. As hairstylists. It's their second calling. Right. Okay, lastly, but not least, who would you choose as your dog walker? Uh, I feel like Samwise. Good one. Mm-hmm. Just a big heart and would, I know, take the utmost care of my sweet little fur baby. Mm-hmm. So I feel strong. feel strong in that choice. Yeah, that's, that's a good choice. I would choose Legolas. I think the Mm. dog would return to me very well trained, probably with like some extra longevity. I assume if you hang out with elves, (laughs) your your life also lengthens. Right. So if he was, you know, speaking to the dog in Elfish, would probably live a little bit longer. I would trust Legolas with any any animal of mine. Can you imagine if you entrusted your dog to an Ent and then they? Drank some of the Ent water, and then they just got a skosh taller. <laughs> just a little bit longer. Right. Just in the legs. Okay, well, this is a wonderful community. We've chosen well out of our group. Grima, you are not invited. I think so too. Uh, yeah. But everyone else, come on in. That's right. Now, our next segment. This is our discussion question segment. The, the meat on this plate of starches, vegetables, and a little bit of dessert. In case I was wondering, we are recording after work, which is always <laughs> when we're loopiest, which is why I sound the way that I do and explains that metaphor. No, I stand by it. <laughs> that was good, and we're leaving it in. 
So we've we've each brought a discussion question. Yes. And I wrote mine down first, so I'm going to go first. Great. Who wins book three? Or to rephrase, which character would you choose as the winner of this book? Hmm. I will start with mine. Okay. In my mind, mm-hmm. the winner is Gandalf. Mm. And why? So Gandalf starts this book apparently dead for for what we all know he has deceased so in this book he has a resurrection throughout the whole book he knows almost everything that's going on perhaps truly everything that's going on Mm -hmm. he rallied the ents to his cause which turned the tide in both the the isengard and Helm's Deep Battles. Mm-hmm. He had the most laughs, which isn't that what we're all here for. <laughs> uh, he has his like little goofy moment with Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli in the forest where he's like, I'm an old man. Just kidding. Da, 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 da. And he runs up the hill. Right. And he gets to laugh with Pippin and Merry when they're reunited at Isengard. So he's he's just chuckling all the way through. And then my last point is that he has his revenge on Saruman. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I've ever exacted a very dramatic revenge, but it's really fun to be right. And that's kind of <laughs> what I'm imagining Gandalf feels yes, like. Yes, you do like to be right. Yes, when he comes in and Saruman is like, you have no power over me. And Gandalf's like, do I? Yes, I do. And he takes off his cloak and he's Gandalf the White. Mm-hmm breaks his staff and makes him come crawling back to the window that's got to feel pretty good because this is a guy Mm -hmm. who broke his trust and locked him up in a tower for an unspecified amount of time Mm -hmm. so all in all i think gandalf is the clear winner of this whole book Mm -hmm. you make a fair argument for gandalf i think my only push on that is that gandalf comes back certainly like enhanced or augmented based on having transitioned from gray to white Mm -hmm. but i also feel like his character evolution is he was kind of already not omniscient but you know he knew all of this stuff prior it seems like he has a lot of these capabilities previously Mm -hmm. so while he has resurrected i don't know that i would qualify him as a winner just because it feels like that kind of was always bubbling under the surface yeah, I think I think it just means that he was always a winner. <laughs> he was born a winner. Yes. He was resurrected a winner. Yes. <laughs> oh, and also I would like to give a honorable mention to Aomer. Mm-hmm. So I think he did a he did his best in this chapter in this book. Mm-hmm. He was loyal and again proven right many times over. Uh, he got to stand up to Aragorn, and he has great hair. So. Right, which is why he's my hairstylist. Checkity check. <laughs> I don't know. I I am leaning towards perhaps King Theoden mm. as a winner, which like is a bit of a controversial choice because he certainly does not escape book three without any loss, certainly for his community. And yet I think in the same vein as Gandalf truly experiences a bit of a resurrection sort of steps into his power a bit more, surrounds himself with better allies, 
is learning and growing and doing kingly things mm-hmm. and then also sort of learning to recognize Eowyn and her excellence mm-hmm. as a part of his lineage in caring for his community. So I kind of feel like King Theoden is a strong winning figure yeah. through book three. Yeah, I disagreed with you until you gave your answers. And then <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no way, not Theoden. But he does. He has a good he has a good arc in this book. And he starts out pretty low and gets to come back with the help of others, but also partially from his own strength mm-hmm. and comes out with a win at the end. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say the Ents. I mean, the Ents are another great contender. They were... Treebeard was forefront of my mind mm-hmm. as well. Just they're they're roused to war. They're sharing their stories with folks outside of their usual like tree circle, their entmoot as it were, and they do they have a major impact and I think they get a little bit of exacted revenge as well. Yes, they do. For Saruman's damage. And so I think that's a I think that's a strong option as well. They can be our our honorable mentions. Right. My question for you, maybe kind of along the same lines, maybe not so much, is which character arc or development Mm -hmm. do you relate to most through book three? I thought about this and it was hard to separate this from the rest of the book and where his arc goes, Mm -hmm. but I really feel for, for Pippin. And I, his, his arc speaks to me here. Mm. And I think it's because I am the youngest in our family. Mm. And Pippin is kind of written off as like, he's the goofy one. And he doesn't, he's, he's the baggage. And he's trailing around after Gandalf. Or Saruman says that, you know, he's basically clinging to, to Gandalf's tales. Mm-hmm. You can tell that that kind of doesn't sit well with him. He wants to feel like he has a bit more more say Mm -hmm. and i i remember feeling that way middle school high school early college of like "Ah, i could do more i could Mm. be more Uh, instead of being the the goofy youngest one Mm -hmm. and i like how pippin's arc ends but he i think finds that he doesn't need other people's opinions and his mm-hmm. opinion of himself improves. And I feel like I'm I'm at that part of my arc where I, I don't want to think so much about what other people are thinking of me. And I'm trying to focus more in. Of, I know that I know the map or whatever it is he's feeling self-conscious about. So in this book particularly and then in the final book, I resonate with Pippin. I like Pippin as an answer. Mm-hmm. I think... It's a very relatable arc. Yeah. Regardless of kind of how a person is positioned, if you've ever felt like a little out of step with a group or a little awkward and and not quite to the level of maybe those that you surround yourself with, I think Pippin is kind of an every man's hero in that regard or an every person's hero. And I I like the idea that that's relatable for a lot of reasons. So I think that's a good answer. Yeah, we love Pippin. I thought about this quite a bit. I think Eowyn stands out in my mind in part just like the fact that she works really hard in her community Mm -hmm. and still maybe isn't fully 
always recognized for what she does and how she does it. I don't know that I relate the most to that arc, but I can definitely relate to that feeling. Um, and I've had that in my professional life where I've needed other people to point to my contributions to be recognized by those in formal leadership roles. Mm-hmm. So that stood out to me. I think overall, and part of the reason why I love him so much, is he's a bit aspirational to me, Gimli is. Yes. And I like I like his arc because I think he goes from sort of a cross and grounded, but perhaps maybe narrow-minded character or a pretty like limited window to the world. And as he goes on this journey, starts to open up a little bit more. He's willing to travel and think newly about experiences and make new friends, go into the (laughs) woods, travel with an elf sleep off the ground i think these are all things that like strike me as notable and relatable to myself who um often needs a little bit of a push to think to think a bit more broadly oh two great answers (laughs) you made me want to bring up hama oh right does that thing that you're supposed to do in meetings when um a female and colleague says something and you amplify it by just saying it again and being like yes Anna that was a good idea that you just (laughs) said with this 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 right Hama totally does that for Eowyn Mm -hmm. and is the is the ally there of being pointing to who she is and what she's doing and all of that maybe he's the winner of this chapter because he unfortunately dies I just remembered (laughs) yeah yeah. Up until that so point, sorry. though. Up until that point, I'm so sorry, Hama. It's not your fault. But I, I, I love that, and I wanna, I wanna make sure that I'm remembering to to point to good things when I see them, mm-hmm. both at work and and personal relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's such a big deal for their community because up until that point, Theon is so silly about like, oh, who could possibly lead. <laughs> I have no other male relatives. <laughs> and then people are like, yeah, we weren't talking about your male relatives. So nobody um, said man. So I think I think that's just important, like for all of us, like you said, to remember and think about like, OK, I might be thinking about this in kind of a, a narrow way. How can I widen my scope to see more of mm-hmm. the picture and to look where there is skill and qualification and excellence Um, But I might not be seeking it out in exactly that way. I think that's a good reminder for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's basically an action item. Not not an official, but... Right, bonus action item. (laughs) A bonus, yeah, for some extra credit. We had talked a little bit about an informal action item... But um, usually we also talk about a quote that is aspirational for how we want to be in community, sort of set the tone for a broader action item maybe that we we do in our own community. That's right. Did you have a quote that you wanted to share with us and the listeners? Yes. And this is, I know I already said that I like these episodes, but I, I like it also because we get to bring the action item of finding this this aspirational quote to the episode Mm -hmm. so instead of taking an action item away that you have to then go do elsewhere we get to bring our action item here and talk about how we're going to use it in the real world right 
So my quote is from chapter six, The King in the Golden Hall, and it's from Theoden. And he says, most of all, I owe to you, my guest. And I chose this quote because I think when people come to you as a guest, whether or not you invited them explicitly, maybe they showed up as that plus one, there is such vulnerability in being a guest. And I always find myself just a little bit uncomfortable even in being a guest in someone else's home because Mm -hmm. it's you don't know where things are you don't want to feel like you're intruding and it's it's a hard thing to be sometimes so I want to spend our next season and of course you know the next remainder of my life we're just gonna Mm -hmm. spread this action item out over a couple decades is remembering that I owe a lot to the guest and that I owe things to my guest in a way that is authentic and not half-hearted or superficial or performative. Mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a big thought, and it, it, it's making me think about there's a, an author, Chris, whose last name escapes me, but he wrote a book called Ratchetemic, and it's about teaching academics um, to folks who are black and often that there is sort of a performative or saviorness mm, that mm-hmm. that can be approached with but that to teach someone you kind of have to love them entirely and see them as a whole person to be able to teach them effectively and so i feel like there's a nice parallel there in thinking about a guest and really have to you really have to accept them as they are and see them for their whole self to really serve in any kind of true host way instead of just that like nice yeah you know you're in my space and I'm tolerating it but it's not the same as like fully accepting someone into your home and into your heart right I'm glad that you always have a a book or an article to to loot back (laughs) (laughs) and be like yes I have read somebody eloquent on this subject and can bring that to the podcast because it's helpful to have somebody who's professionally (laughs) thought about this you know in a in a way that I haven't um and you do such a good job of concisely explaining that to me and the listener so thank you for that source that you've just cited well you're very welcome Mm -hmm. I don't think I did a very uh eloquent job of explaining exactly the book or the concept but Chris is all over social media Instagram um you can get the book on basically anywhere you get your books so if that concept is interesting to you or you're an educator and thinking about that concept feel free to to look him up great and what did you bring Anna what quote did you bring from this third volume that encompasses an aspirational community goal My quote is from page 166, which is in chapter 8, The Road to Isengard. There's a conversation that Gimli and Legolas are having about the travels that perhaps they're going to take together once all of this is said and done. And in particular, they're referencing the caverns of Helm's Deep and how stunning they are. There's an exchange between the two of them, and Gimli is sort of correcting, I think in a friendly way, Legolas's misperception about why Gimli wants to go see these caverns. Mm -hmm. 
And in that correction, he says, quote, we would tend these glades of flowering stone, not quarry them. To me, Gimli is talking about something that exists in a, in a really beautiful way without him having done anything to it or maybe reading into it a bit, exploit them for that excellence, but instead just to appreciate how beautiful they are. And I think that is a good reminder for me in community moving forward is to remember that relationships aren't transactional. And so thinking about how to just appreciate what's present in community to acknowledge that it's excellent and that it's beautiful without having to have a larger purpose for it or having to see an intrinsic value that I can appropriate. And so Gimli does a good job of reminding me of that in this chapter. I think our quotes go together. I, f- I feel a similar I think so too. theme, a common thread, if you will, between the two of just chill out and accept what you have. <laughs> right. In essence, yes. <laughs> Love as is. Love as is. But I think that's a, you know, I know we've talked about it before on the pod, but I think that's tough. I think yes. we live in a world where like the pace of stuff is fast. You are inundated with information all the time. And there is a bit of a maybe hustle culture as well. So you're kind of always looking to that next thing and how the thing that you're at right now gets you to that next thing. But I feel like that also can obscure the value of being present and valuing, like you said, what you have and just kind of chilling out in that moment. Mm -hmm. I think we could probably end every season with this theme and it would always be something that I'm working on but it's, it's a good enough reminder to keep bringing up. Mm-hmm. It certainly isn't going to happen without practice. I will preface our next season and the upcoming book with just a little bit of dread. Yeah. <laughs> I know I am excited to talk to you about the book, because the um, I think the community aspect will help me see new things in what's coming next. Right. And I, I really want to be open to liking it. Um, what I remember of the movie and what I remember of the first read is that this is the second half of the book and it's not my favorite. No. So we will see. Let's be open to it. What did I just say? I was going to be open to things. I was going to be present in the moment. Yes, we're going to love it as it is. I can see what happens, but I just want to <laughs> acknowledge <laughs> that potential. And also, I think now that we've accepted Sam as the true hero in this book, right. this full trilogy, maybe we will find more joy in <laughs> his interactions with Frodo. Maybe. Who sometimes I find challenging we'll see we'll see how it goes i'm excited and also just like a little bit anxious (laughs) i will i will meet you and that anxiety in season four (laughs) (laughs) listeners we're excited to have you along for the journey (laughs) yes we are we need your moral support Today's podcast was brought to you by Room Toom Tums, a cure for ent indigestion. Our music is by Robert Son and Simon Dom. If you have thoughts on today's episode or homework assignment, 
send us a voicemail or email at infellowshippodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember to take care of your community, stay hydrated, and thank you for joining us today in fellowship. My mouth was really close to the microphone right now. Does it sound different? <laughs> no, but that image is like really incredible. My mouth is really it's close. really, really close. Just wanted to know. Um, as you could tell. Okay. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you would think that by season three, I would remember where the recording button is. And yet... The end of season three. The end of season three. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's fine. I'll figure it out. Season six. I'm gonna We'll thrive. either get it or we won't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Podcasting 101. <laughs>